All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At close of business, news briefing. Good afternoon and welcome to the At Close of Business podcast. This is Isabel Vieira with your Tuesday afternoon headlines. The Reserve Bank of Australia has signalled that further rate hikes could still be on the horizon as it lifted the official cash rate to 3.85%. Today's 25 basis point rise is the 11th since the central bank started the huge tightening cycle in May last year. The rise came despite an indication inflation was starting to fall, with data released last week showing prices rose 7% nationally in the year to March, down from 7.8% in the 12 months to December. That figure is far above the bank's target band of between 2 to 3%, but services inflation was at its highest level since 2001. The RBA said supply and demand for goods was in better balance, which had restricted inflation for those products. In property news, the sale of Carillion City Shopping Centre to 58 has settled for $80.5 million, 12 months on from Dexas agreeing to part ways with the asset. Real estate company Savills today confirmed the property between Murray Street and Hay Street has settled in an off-market deal. Andrew and Nicola Forest Property Development Group 58, which is a division of Tattering, agreed to purchase the building in April last year. The group has mooted plans to de- redevelop the project into an experience based retail precinct, which it says could add life to the CBD. Dexas brought the Carillion City for $140 million in late 2016 and had plans for a $200 million redevelopment of the Murray Street building approved in 2019. In September last year, Dexas told more than 20 Carillion retailers they had just six weeks to vacate as it searched for an anchor tenant to underpin its redevelopment. Savills, who worked with Dexas on the deal, described the asset as one of the largest core retail sites in the CBD. In mining news, ASX-listed developer Liontown Resources has played down media speculation of a takeover proposal superior to Albemarle's failed bid for the company in March. East Coast media outlets yesterday reported a mystery bidder had topped US-headquartered Albemarle's non-binding $2.50 per share bid for Liontown, which is developing the flagship Kathleen Valley Lithium Project north of Kalgoorlie to first production in mid-2024. It was suggested that the mystery bid would be in the vicinity of $2.75 per share, a premium to Albemarle's $2.50 offer, with several speculative suitors listed. However, Liontown issued a brief statement this morning clarifying that no further takeover proposal had been received since it rejected Albemarle's approach on March 28. Its shares were up more than 2% today after emerging from a trading pause and currently sit around the $2.72 mark. The company also issued issued an investor presentation ahead of a timely appearance at the 2023 Macquarie Australia Conference in Sydney today. In other news, Alinta Energy has appointed two contractors to build its $180 million solar battery project in Port Hedland while continuing to assess a big sell-down of its WA operations. Simic Group subsidiary UGL has been appointed to deliver a 35-megawatt, one-hour battery storage system. A joint venture between Shanghai Electric Power Design Institute Co. and local contractor Monford Group will deliver a 45-megawatt solar array. The total cost of the project is around $180 million and it's one of many growth projects on Alinta's agenda, including more renewables in the Pilbara, major offshore wind projects in Victoria and the Oven Mountain Pumped Hydro Development in New South Wales.
That's all from me. Coming up next on the podcast, Matt McKenzie and Jack McGinn talk about the Reserve Bank's decision and rising costs of living. The business world is teeming with opportunities to succeed and every day is a chance for the ambitious to learn, know and grow. Over recent years, we have built the greatest business journalist team in WA, delivering you the most trusted, comprehensive, intelligent and up-to-date news across every sector, every platform, every day. No fluff, all informative stuff. At Business News, we believe progress boils down to one simple habit. That is, what you subscribe to today shapes what you will become tomorrow. Subscribe to success. Subscribe to Business News. Visit businessnews.com.au forward slash subscribe for more information. Hi and welcome to the Outclose of Business podcast. I'm Jack McGinn and today I'm joined by Matthew McKenzie for what may be the last time on the pod. Matthew, how are you? Great to be here. How are you? Um, well, thank you. And look, it's the uh, first Tuesday of the month and that usually gives us some indication of what we'll be talking about on the pod. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about the Reserve Bank, which is uh, increased interest rates. Okay, so let's jump straight into it. Can you tell me what happened with the RBA today? Yeah, so this is the 11th time the Reserve Bank has increased interest rates since May last year, up 25 basis points to 3.85%. Now, uh, that's been deemed a shock by some in their reactions, not by everyone, but it's worth me saying that markets, at least best I can tell, had not priced in a rate rise this month or even priced in another rate rise in this cycle as being particularly likely. I think there were some out there that thought it might rise in the months ahead, but most of the views appeared to be that it wouldn't. And so uh, that's caught people on the hop a little bit. But the RBA has said basically inflation is still too high. So listeners might remember in the year to December, inflation in Australia peaked at 7.8%, or we certainly hope that's the peak. Um, In the March quarter update, which came out last week, things were looking a little bit better. So in the 12 months to March, inflation, 7%. A bit of a recovery there. That seems encouraging. But Services price inflation was the highest since 2001. And even then, that was because of the introduction of the GST, so a a tax system change. So what the RBA said today is that overseas evidence shows that there's upside risks. A services price inflation of 6.1%, they're worried it might continue to go up. And that's one of the big reasons they've increased interest rates today, Jack. Well, that's really interesting. So how have people reacted to today's announcement? Well, Indeed is a job site. Their Asia-Pacific economist, Callum Pickering, said that recent data provided a compelling case for further rate hikes. Ray White's Narita Connersby uh, said it was market-defying. But the strongest words were from Deloitte, which uh, I thought were perhaps a bit too strong. They said the RBA is playing recession roulette. A bit strong there, Jack. And so I just decided to go back in time for the purpose of these podcasts to have a look at some of Deloitte's previous comments. In April 2022, so just more than a year ago, and this was before the first rate rise, they said, quote, that the inflationary surge was imported, COVID and Ukraine, basically, were the two main factors. And they said, unless and until wages take off, rapid inflation would require COVID and war-driven cost impacts to steadily worsen. They said if supply snarls get no worse and Russia's war-driven increases to commodity prices don't increase further, then inflation will fall away on its own accord. Then a few months after that, in July, they said the CPI would peak at 6.6% in the second half of 2022. 
they thought the Reserve Bank's interest rate rises would peak at 2.5%. So they've probably been, what you would say in monetary economics, a little bit dovish. They predicted inflation would go up less than it actually did and that rates would go up less than they actually did. And, you know, it's not an easy game. People get calls wrong all the time. But I just found it interesting that given that background, they would go so strongly as to say that the Reserve Bank is playing so-called recession roulette. I think the Reserve Bank knows that if they want to get inflation back to the 2 to 3% target, they've got to take action. They've got to be clear that they're going to be acting to get there. And as we talked about before on this podcast, if you let inflation get out of control and expectations start to build, you really start to get a, a long-term problem. And so that's why the Reserve Bank's taken action, I think, at this meeting, because they want to show people that inflation fighting is still on the agenda. One more thing, though, I think people should probably be a little bit encouraged because it seems to me then that if the Reserve Bank is still increasing interest rates, they must be confident that the economy can withstand it without going into recession. And it's worth noting that other places like the US Fed and the Bank of England, they've got decisions coming up in the next couple of weeks. They've increased further than the RBA has. So at least maybe a silver lining in that, Jack. Recession roulette, definitely a headline grabber there. Uh, Matthew, today you also published a piece uh, looking at price rises across Perth over the past 20 years. What did you learn from uh, that experience? Well, a bit of fun, bit of effort. It's an interactive uh, graphical piece, so people can get on there and have a bit of a click around and see where they're paying more over the past 20 years. Lots of photos, uh, quite a back-end extravaganza. But here's the big thing. Schools and medical services almost tripled over that time period. Uh, of course, the highest increases with alcohol and tobacco, but that's driven by you know uh, the tax system. New house up 171 percent, so that's close to tripling. Whereas rents only up 70 percent. Overall inflation was up 70 percent. So what you're seeing there is that you know building a new house, well, particularly the price of that's gone up a lot over the last few years. Uh, but building a new house, healthcare, education, all getting much much more expensive. On the flip side of the equation, though, uh, depending on food, different foods had different rates, but as a general observation, you would say they were far less than, than that. Of Quite a few foods, like biscuits and such, are lower than the overall inflation rate. And then things like electronic goods, uh, clothes you might buy, buying a blender or appliances or a washing machine, all of those were up far less than the average inflation rate. And so there's an interesting first observation there would be to say that the, the CPI rate, which increased 70% roughly over those 20 years in Perth. That's driven mostly by macroeconomic factors. It's driven by the RBA's policy decisions more than anything else. But the relative rises, where particular items go up or down, that tells a story of, I guess, each of those individual items and some of its unique characteristics. And that's where things really get interesting because health, education in particular, going up a lot in cost, Jack. So why do you think that uh, services such as health and education made it to the top of that uh, list in terms of increase? Well, if you think about it like this, um, if you're running an iron ore mine, whereas 200 years ago we might have been using a pickaxe and a mine cart or something and every worker would be there with an axe, now you've got a worker, well I guess nowadays you've got a worker operating 20 autonomous trucks by themselves, you've got these huge reclaimers, you've got autonomous trains, and so the amount of iron ore any one given worker can produce has gone up dramatically. And it's the same if you think about manufacturing goods. Um, if you invest in equipment and you invest in um, you know, expanding your factory or whatever else, your workers might be able to go from producing you know, one tonne of stuff or one laptop a day to producing 
heaps. And that drives down the cost pretty dramatically. And overall, you'd see that as a productivity gain. In services industries, it's a lot more difficult because it's all about the workers. The workers are a key. It's not really as much about the capital. And if you think about it, it would be extremely difficult. You're a nurse, um, and we talk a lot about having a nurse-to-patient ratio of four. There's no obvious or simple way or really realistic way that you would change that to being 40, for example. So in the case of um, services, the workers uh, and the wages paid to the workers, the the labour is really important to the cost overall. So one of the characteristics you see across economies over long periods of time, and this data really matched up with that, is that services prices go up uh, more rapidly than goods because goods can be manufactured or a lot of goods are manufactured, whereas services require workers. And while we can uh, make more machinery to create computers or semiconductors and improve the technology, it's not easy to, well, I mean, I guess that the only way you can uh, deal with demand for more workers is to have population growth, which is obviously a lot steadier. So it's an interesting thing there. And it's, of course, we want wages going up. It's good that wages are going up. That improves people's living standards. And at the same time, if the cost of goods is falling, that is helpful too, because it means people's wages go further. Instead of paying you know, a certain amount to buy a blender, they might be paying less now than they were 20 years ago. So that's a positive thing. Here's an interesting one. Kids' clothing uh, costs less now than it did 20 years ago, according to the ABS data. So if you're a single parent or something like that, like my mum was, really good positive thing, because uh, you, can, uh, you can buy clothes for your child cheaper now. Part of that is because it's a good, I guess part of it's also because it's a tradable good. So in that case, kids' clothing, we're often importing it from overseas. And you'll see the general trend here is that um, things that are tradable had lower price increases than things that are not tradable. Things that are goods had lower price increases on average than services. And that just goes back to that key thing with services being the labour and the workers. So it was an interesting assessment. A couple of things that were a little bit out of the ordinary. Utilities bills went up by a heck of a lot, uh, which is surprising because it is a heavily regulated industry. And if you think about it, you know, looking at electricity or water, uh, that's basically controlled by the government here in WA, government monopolies in both of those. Um, So intriguing that prices went up so much there over time. And the other one was, what is with this big difference between rents and housing? Uh, Housing up by 171%, that's constructing a new house, rents up 70%. Uh, and what I can tell you from that, and the story goes into a little bit more detail on this, is that rents actually are still below their peak in WA, or in Perth rather. They peaked in uh, 2014, according to the ABS data. They're still below that level. They fell after the end of the previous resources boom. They came down a lot and they've gone up a fair bit since the pandemic, but still not back at that peak level. Whereas uh, the cost of building a new house for the first decade or so of the data, reasonably close to the uh, the price of rents. Uh, But boy, uh, over the past three years, as listeners might be able to guess, the cost of building a house has gone up astronomically in WA. And that is, of course, correlated with, yeah, worker shortages, yep, supply chain issues, but mostly with the $1.1 billion of government-driven stimulus for the industry. So check it out. Really proud of it. Give it a look. Uh, It'll be on our website. And um, I think a very interesting reflection of why prices have changed in the economy over the last 20 years, Jack. Matt, some really great work today, as always. Thanks for your time on the pod for what may be the last time. Thanks, Jack. It's been a real delight to be here. And thank you to all of our loyal listeners over the last couple of years. We've really appreciated it. The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.